Welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest and friend to the show today, Chris Carr, who is the president and CEO of Ferrotech. Hello, Chris. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, man. Excited to dive into more about all things AI. But before we get there, if you don't mind, would you share with our audience a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Um, uh, I founded Ferrotech almost 22 years ago. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency located just outside the city of Philadelphia. Um, we do comprehensive digital marketing, platinum partners with HubSpot. And uh, one of our biggest claims to fame in the last three years has just been um, implementing AI technologies into our approach and helping companies innovate uh, through cutting edge technologies. Um, and so uh, it's been exciting. It's been it's been a crazy ride for the last three years. And I think you and I were talking before the show about the madness that's sort of going on. I just, after 30 years of getting avoiding the classroom with every ounce of my being and soul, I got roped back in and I, I just finished my, uh, my generative applied generative AI certification from MIT, which That's was difficult to say the least, a lot of homework. And I just hate school. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I just hate it. <laughs> That's great. Yep. Gotta imagine you learned some interesting stuff. You did. You did. And you know, I think you're, you're rubbing shoulders with people that are help building the monster and also trying to make sure the alignment works. And it's very funny because I, I tell people like some of these people that are doing these things, like you can't get a beer with these people. Like they, they're, they're nerd level midnight. If, if, if you can understand my, <laughs> you know totally I mean? man, totally get yeah. it. Yeah. Super interesting. Very it's, cool. It's interesting. It's scary and crazy and wonderful. Sure like, is man. That together yeah wild world that's got to be cool to be on the cutting edge or like the bleeding edge of that though in terms of like what you're seeing so excited yeah. to talk more about this topic because it comes uh, coming up a lot uh obviously yeah. on my podcast talk a lot about SaaS software ai is right mm -hmm. at the forefront of that obviously a lot of people out there building ai tools powered by ai tools like all kinds of crazy stuff you mentioned uh we're coming up on an important milestone which mm -hmm. is kind of the one year anniversary for chat gpt so you know Ever since then, it's been LLMs, this, that, and all kinds of different versions and people building wild stuff. So I'm curious yeah. to hear more from you in terms of you know how deep you've been going in this world, mm -hmm. um, getting the most out of these LLMs, what some of the applications and stuff like that have looked like. So yeah, we can kind of dive in wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the, the short answer with that for me is, is I've been using all of them, including the mobile tools. So ChatGPT is still nearest and dearest to my heart. The problem is, is that it's not up to date with, you know, um, it's not connected to the internet. And so the training model, I think they, they moved it up a couple months, but still, I think it's at January of either 2021 or 2022. Yeah. So hands down the writing and some of the, the plugins like ADA, which is code interpreter, amazing, but I do find myself leaning on other tools. You know, um, I, I don't like Google Bard, but it's the most up to date, um, Bing, AI I would use more. It's just hard to find <laughs> because I don't use Bing. You know what I mean? Same. Um, Same. And so I think the two winners of this race so far to me have been ChatGPT and Anthropic, uh, Claude. Very, AI. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I'm curious to hear more about your use cases. And I know we also want to talk a little bit about plugins because that's one of the things that OpenAI decided to do relatively early was that add plugin support, which I think opened up a whole world of possibilities, which is really interesting. And I was texting you recently about playing around with web chat GPT 
And that has been a bit of a game changer for me as well, too. Kind of adds that extensibility. But yeah, talk to me more about what you've been doing with some of these tools and uh, any of the extensibility that you've experienced as well. Yep. Well, I mean, I think one of the first things that I did was um, it's not an extension, but it's something that Anthropic has that that ChatGPT doesn't. And that is um, that it allows you to upload a file and sort of train your particular conversation on on specific data. And so one of the things that we're always trying to fight against is hallucinations. And so what Claude allows you to do is it allows you upload a file, um, almost as many as 75,000 words. So that's essentially like a Harry Potter book. You know what I mean? That's and huge. What I'll, yeah. And so what I'll do to try to eliminate, um, um, what I usually do to try to eliminate hallucinations is I'll say, I will upload one document that has all of my buyer personas, all my buyer personas, all of my uh, best-selling blogs, my case studies, um, certain reports, just everything that I can think of about my brand, my clients, my services, um, every single piece of information that I can into this super document. And then I'll upload it to Claude and I'll say, hey, when you go and you write this output, I want you to reference the statistics and the things in the super document rather than you coming up with your own version. Because when every time it comes up with its own version, Sometimes it does right, but when it doesn't have the answer, it hallucinates or essentially it makes things up. Yep. But when I say stay true to the document that I gave you, um, I get a better output that sounds like me and my brand. And so I've had a lot of success with that. Very cool. I'm using these tools in a lot of those ways as well also. And I'm finding crazy. It's not just giving me operational efficiency improvements, but it's mm -hmm. improving the quality of the output as well too and changing the way that I work. I don't know if you've, started to experience yep. that as well too. I almost feel like I'm becoming very mm -hmm. heavily reliant on these tools, but I'm almost getting like personal mm -hmm. assistant, copywriter, someone to help me with strategy as well too. But yeah. it's really improved a lot about what I was doing. So my number one improvement was uh, it's a Chrome extension called Talkberry. And Talkberry is simply using Google Whisper, I mean, sorry, um, uh, AI Whisper technology. And you just yep. click a button and then you just literally do a stream of consciousness. Like you talk and talk and talk, you endlessly talk, and then you press the stop button. And for some reason, it knows how to formulate everything you said into the most concise, um, you know, transcript possible or basically output possible. And then I can literally press the button again and say, Hey, I didn't like in paragraph three how you said this, or put a title on paragraph four or things like that. And so, what I've been able to do is like, it's almost like talking to like a, a transcriber, like back in the day. And they go and they take just my gobbledygook and turn it into something really, really good. And um, if I was to compare an output that way versus me doing it by hand, I don't think I could beat it at this point. That's what I'm experiencing as well, too, where I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, I really hope I don't have to go backwards. <laughs> I know. At this point, yeah. I'm not sure whether or not I could. Yeah. Uh, if I yep. did, the output would change dramatically. So, yeah. 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 Let me show you this other experiment that I did. And now keep in it's mind... I'm going to, I'm going to show my screen, but I'm, I Photoshopped this for posterity, meaning it's not an exact result. And some of it is just a little bit of a stretch because ChatGPT isn't connected to the internet, but this technology is here now and you'll get an understanding of what I'm talking about here. So one of the things, oops, sorry. One of the things that we have here is, can you see my screen? I can. I see the, like the menu items. Yep. So what I'll awesome. do is, is this is ChatGPT, and I can go here and I can say, hey, I ate uh, at a restaurant um, in Ambler called Deterra, and I ate something with shrimp in it. 
And essentially what it would do is it would say, okay, I found three different, I looked at the menu and I found these three different items that have shrimp in it. And I'd say, oh, I had, I had number two. All right. And it would, um, give me one second. I had number two, how many calories are in that? And essentially what it would do is it would look up a version, an alternative version that has 680 calories. And then what I would say is that's perfect. Now use my Instacart plugin and these ingredients will be at my door in three hours. So, really cool. Yeah. And so what you're seeing here is just that we've always been able to communicate and buy products and services through Google. Then you have interruption marketing through the social media engines. But now you're seeing this whole other third lane that, in my opinion, Alexa sort of was that extra lane, but now it's really going to hit like a sledgehammer in the AI world. And so, so cool. you're going to be able to bypass the normal channels that we communicate about products and services. But it gets it's crazy because like, I can be like, hey, I have $2,600 and I want to go to Chicago for three days. I need hotels and I need a, uh, I need a hotel. I need a used car service. I'm sorry, not used car. I'm sorry, a taxi cab service. And yep. I need a, um, a flight. And so it would find all that for me. And then I'd be like, yo, I never fly spirit airline. So figure, refigure that out and yep. it would do it. Yeah. So cool. I mean, it's, it's fast. Though. The, the use cases are seemingly unlimited. It's only limited by your imagination. It's really getting there at that point. Yep. The chat, I think is a really good point on your, uh, end because people like it, it naturally gravitate in that direction anyway, like asynchronous communication chat from a support perspective, people texting instead of calling, right? All that kind of stuff. Um, people, the vast majority of people will use their phones for these days. It doesn't include actually, actually calling anybody. People like prefer not to, honestly, at this point. So the chat communication crazy, has exploded. And now with it being so seamlessly integrated into that as an interface, whether you're using your computer, your laptop, your phone, whatever, the possibilities mm -hmm. are really interesting, really exciting, and like changing the way people were searching too. It almost feels like like the way that we used to use Google, or some still do, you know, we still use it to an extent, but it feels like archaic. It feels like, you know, you're banging like sticks and stones together <laughs> yep. when you're actually using yep. something like these chat interfaces with these AI tools. It's like, it's, mm. it makes the, what you're doing more conversational and then it, you yep. can continue the thread. So like you, I'm sure you've got a bunch of like uh, mm -hmm. specific threads that you've been using with these AI tools. And then when you're ready to pick that conversation back up or do another version of it or instance of it or whatever, you just click on it and you just like pick right back up where you left off. Now, what we're starting to see even from Bard is, is that you can have a thread and then you can make that thread public. So if I'm an influencer, I can literally say, this is a theory that I have. This is the research that I had. This is the questions that I asked. And here's a public link. So you can continue the conversation on your own. And that's like next level in terms of interaction. That's it's really crazy, cool. Right? Man, yeah. that's wild. Interesting yeah. stuff's coming, man. So question I have mm -hmm. for you, right? You're you're experimenting and with all these things similar to the way I am, I'm always mm -hmm. looking for how to, like leveraging these tools. I've done it a couple of times this year, right? How do I leverage what AI is now capable of to do what I did before, but in a much, much in more improved way, like faster, more efficiently provide more value, whatever, push things forward in terms of building software, like leveraging AI as a component to something that you create, like an experience that you create. I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear from your thoughts in terms of like, what strategies or recommendations would you use? Because a lot of our listeners are trying to figure out how to leverage these tools, like using yep. them as a component to create an experience that provides value and can turn into a software business or a product or something like that. How would you mm -hmm. be thinking about that given what you know about what these tools can do now? Well, I mean, I think the first 
thing that I would probably end up doing is it's it's more for internal use than front facing use. And so what I recommend that you do is uh, use a program like advanced data analytics that's built into ChatGPT. You're going to have a lot of this functionality is going to be built into um, Microsoft 365 and with Duet. It's just not there yet. But essentially what they allow you to do is they allow you to upload large data files. And when you when you upload large data files, it basically dissects the data and you can ask it questions in natural language processing. So you can start to talk to your data specifically. Um, and so it gets really, really cool because a lot of times every software product that we use has an export button. It, you know what I mean? A lot of them do yep. at least. And so when you export that, now you have functionality that you never had before to basically talk about it in a very specific way. But let me share my screen one more time and then I'll show you kind of how it can be used to the next level. So I'm a marketing, I'm a marketing agency and we have, you know, about 26 clients that roughly spend about $10,000 a month on marketing service with us. And what I do is, is that sometimes I'll notice an anomaly. I'll be looking at one of my clients and I'll be like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm noticing that these keywords aren't ranking uh, for this smaller healthcare client. Uh, is that also affecting larger ones? Is it only affecting websites that have been built in the last two years? What you're seeing here is I'm not just asking it about one account. I'm asking it about, are these anomalies happening on any of my other accounts? Right? I can continue cool. to go. Is it affecting only the clients that have HubSpot? Is it affecting highly competitive keywords too? What about the account, my project managers? Is it certain project managers that aren't getting the same results? Very cool. So what I'm doing here is to do this before, I'd have to gather all my project managers, account managers all in the same room. And I'm like, hey, export yep. all your reports. And then tell me, are you seeing these anomalies and stuff like that? And it's just a colossal time waste. Awesome. And so what I'm looking to do is, is use ADA to have a whole lot more transparency into the data in my company without bothering my entire team. Super interesting. Love it. It's just like... Yeah. Uh, it's amazing the kind of value you can get out of figuring out how to leverage these tools, like you said. And that's a yep. good start to really like thinking about how to leverage them in order to solve your own problem. If that becomes mm -hmm. a workflow you become heavily reliant on, chances are that's going to provide yep. value to other people who are in the target market, essentially, that you are in. Yep. So that's a great way to be thinking about it, right? Same type of strategy as before, but now you're like more than capable of producing something that's pretty tremendously valuable like that. So that's really interesting. Um, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm finding just one more thing here. I'm going to share my screen one more time. This is the, totally. And this is where I find someone like you are going to be in pole position to do this next thing. So what I believe is going to happen with companies is you're going to look at all of your software programs and you're going to look at what's the most value I can get out of the APIs at each of these software programs. And okay. then from there, what I'm looking to do is develop what's called like a centralized AI copilot. And the AI copilot is going to get information to and from these these software programs. And what you can do at the high level is, is that you have complete transparency about the health of your business. And you can start to look at your inventory system and start to say, well, if we're low in this inventory, what would, what would happen if we increased our prices by maybe $5 per unit? And then how does that affect everything from payroll to HR, to marketing, to you know my, my ERP, cool. and so on and so forth? And so what's going to happen here is, is that you're going to, your legacy systems, if they have a decent API, API yep. is going to stand in the middle and it's going to be this kind of communication pilot that 
essentially yeah. we we're, we're saving so much time totally i mean it feels like really the objective maybe the bottleneck here is how quickly can you get essentially all of your data into a tool like this so that you can start extracting business intelligence information logic out of it Inform yep. like valuable information that can inform your decision making to improve it that's that seems like kind of races on there which is super interesting um, it is random question i just thought about too is like mm -hmm. i can't really shake myself from building ai related products at the moment and i have yeah. ideas for days right like doing discovery finding problems we're solving if i had a full team of developers i could keep them running 24 7 with just yep. building cool software at the moment there's that much opportunity out here because of what these tools can do my question for you is i've almost been like thinking all right i need to take a break from building ai tools <laughs> because <laughs> it's been basically non-stop ever since things started but yep. the question i'm kind of getting at is like is that almost the wrong approach i'm almost wondering based on these visuals you're showing like i'm wondering if any software realistically that's going to be valuable and extensible and you know uh, going to continue to provide value into the future as these tools evolve is there really going to be any software that's not going to have at least a component of ai moving forward from here i i think that to tell you the truth so the thing that i do right now is, is about 15 times a month i go to businesses and i lecture them on the state of ai and at the end they basically say well what do i do now and i say create create your own internal ai team of these are people in your business who want to know about ai Make sure that you're using AI in your marketing because that's the lowest hanging fruit right now. And I go through a bunch of them. And then the first thing I say is, then I want you to go to all of your vendors and all your software and ask them a very hard question. What AI technologies are you building into your software? And if they can't give you a good answer, get a new one that will. Because any, any software program that's using AI is like using rocket fuel. And so you're not looking for a faster horse. You're looking for a rocket. You know, And so for you... I wouldn't shy away from AI because yeah, it's just it's just slower. <laughs> totally, it's starting. It's again, it's like sticks and stones argument for the most part. It's going to yeah. continue to be near impossible to really keep up, and it's, it's mm -hmm. starting to feel much more, much less like optional versus a requirement. Um, I just mm -hmm. thought about like all the tools out there that are working on building whatever some type of a model that was maybe proprietary at the time when ChatGPT came out. And that yep. just blew the doors off of anything that anybody was working on at the moment. And all of a sudden, tools that can be spun up in a weekend are more capable than stuff people have been working on for years. Just like a wild, it's an exciting time because it's like a Bizarre. really uh, thrust forward, like momentum and progress. Like we get those every now and then, like the internet was another example of that. Um, and as these technologies evolve, it's pretty wild to kind of ride that wave. Uh, so it's cool to be at the forefront of one, like while we're in industry, watching it continue to be actively yep. developed. Um, I wanted to talk to you, pick your brain more about your, uh, one of your specialties in terms of areas of expertise as well, too. And that being like marketing and advertising and how mm -hmm. these AI tools can be leveraged to make progress there as well, too. Cause that's another key part of even if we're building software and includes AI, whatever. It's like, well, we still need people to find it. We still need to be able to tell stories about it. All of that type of stuff is really important. So we've spent a lot of time like focusing on the growth element and I spent a lot of time trying to slow people down from building and force, you know, trying to encourage them to sell it, uh, start telling stories about it, start doing the research about it uh, beforehand, but that is a continuous battle. So I know you have been, you've already showed mm -hmm. a couple of great examples of how you're leveraging these tools in those ways. Curious to pick your brain about like, what's the advice you have for people specifically with regard to those use cases to make an impact yep. in those areas with regard to what these AI tools can do? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. Um, let me kind of show you something here. Uh, what, this deals more with the multimedia side. 
when you're talking about marketing advertising, the things that I assume that you've already done is, is that you've gone through ChatGPT and Bard and these other large language models, and you want to make sure that you've implemented them into your approach, in your productivity, and maybe even into your products and services. We already talked about talking to your data through advanced uh, data analytics that's built into Code Interpreter. There's other programs as well. But I want to do now is peer around the corner and talk to you a little bit about um, kind of the sneaky thing that's kind of going on with generative art. Um, when you have generative art and you start to think of mid-journey or, you know, um, start to think about mid-journey, stable diffusion, um, and even now Dolly 3, all right? Let me kind of show you this thing that that I believe is coming around the corner, and, and very few people are talking about this. It, the idea is what we call hyper-personalization. And so to do that, I want to kind of show you th this picture here. This is my business partner, Todd. And one thing I know about Todd is, is that he loves golf, okay? And so when you think of generative art, you kind of, you got to, I'm sorry, you got to know that Todd also buys from businesses that he knows, that he likes, and that he trusts, all right? So who does Todd know, like, and trust more than anybody else? Himself, <laughs> all right? So we have to start to think of these tools as is not just a platform where you can create pretty little unicorns, but instead, this is what I believe the future of these tools are going to be, that we know that Todd loves golf. And so what I believe is going to happen is hyper-personalized ads. So as you can see, that's Todd on the left. And then this cool. ad is made with generative art on the right. It knows he loves golf. It's connected to his social media. So he knows he likes blue. He knows a number of different things. Like literally, if you're an African-American woman who loves her kids, the next time you buy the MacBook Pro, you're going to be surprised to see that the ads look eerily like cool. you and your loved ones. So it's awesome. sort of like a world of hyper-personalization is that's what I believe is coming down the, down the line. And so when wild, you, what you need to know there for is you need to know what are the tools and the technologies that I can do that are going to know the demographics and the information about my potential client. So if I'm going to get the right message to the right client at the right time, now I'm doing it in the most hyper-personalized way. So if I'm using old techniques that doesn't know my client inside and out, when this wave of AI hits, you might not be ready for it. Super interesting. That's fascinating. The hyper-personalization is next level, right? Talk about yep. that all the time and a bunch of use cases like cold outreach and whatnot. Anybody who's yep. stuck still spamming people on whatever these platforms and sending generic messages that is essentially dead in terms of just not working whatsoever. And the response is always, you got to go personal, like you got to hyper-personalize things. I think it's a really interesting use case because these AI tools should be able to do that almost seemingly on the fly. Right? If they can get that data input, they can create almost a custom experience that should feel very customized to you, unlike anything anybody could ever like write or script. You know what I mean? Super interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. And, and the speed from which it's coming, we, we just don't know. I would believe that doing this yeah. in bulk and scale I don't believe that the chips are firing on all cylinders to do that right now, but we know it's it's early days. And when you think yeah. about the compression of these things, there, there used to be a show called Silicon Valley. You ever heard of that I'm show? watching it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd make a well, post on LinkedIn about it. That's so funny. Well, in Silicon Valley, they are trying to make a name for themselves for compression software. And they're only the nerds would know that what they were trying to achieve was very, very difficult because you're taking a very large file and making it extremely small. And so 
to have the point of the TV show, they had to make whatever they were compressing it to really, really small. And so everybody in the show sort of just overlooked it and thought, thought compression. Well, this fictitious number of, you know, like the size that they were trying to compress to, stability AI is 50,000 times stronger than that fictitious file size that they were aiming for in the show. It's crazy. Wild stuff, right? man. So what does that mean? It's You're talking about bigger, stronger, faster, but smaller, smaller, stronger. And now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. it's crazy. You're already, man, it's yeah. wild. It's, uh, there's a lot going on, long story short. Um, yeah. So I, more, I have one more question for you, and then I'm going to talk more about it. You've been some experimenting with uh, YouTube AI. I want to hear more about that as well, too. Got a sure. sneak peek, but I want everybody else to hear more about it as well. And that's yeah. how do you prevent yourself from like becoming overwhelmed here? Um, there's a lot like the subreddit singularity. There's this talk about this kind of stuff, right? Where it's like, I'm going to be so obsolete. So people are, there's a lot of worry. Like, how do you keep yeah. people from like, how do you, how do you manage it uh, in terms of like all the crazy new stuff that's like flying at you so fast? Like any advice there? Yeah. Well, for me, it's my strategic advantage because I talk about AI. And so my yeah. job is to basically do the research so you don't have to do it. So in an ADD world, like I'm in, this is music to my ears, but to the average person, there's only certain things that you can do. And then you have to start to make choices and you have to decide certain things. But let me show you one other screen that I think that explains a lot of where I believe you can have some hope. We have always, as a marketing company said, Hey, Mr. Mrs. Client, we're going to, we do some really amazing, cool stuff. And they're like, Oh, that's cool. Let's do it. And then I look at their current model and I'm like, actually, you're not even doing foundational things. <laughs> you know, from a marketing perspective, you're not on the first page of Google. You have no social presence. Your blogs aren't aren't um effective and you are not even making data-driven decisions. All right. But here's the thing is, is that if AI allows us to do those foundational things a whole lot stronger and quicker. Now I have the ability to do those superpower things that we never got around to, to doing. And so what I believe is going to happen in the future is, is that we will all be top graded. What I mean by that is, is that you know we're going to be able to get to those things that are our next level things. And I think that any subject matter expert like you and me, if, if budget and time and all of these barriers weren't there, we would already be doing more aggressive things than we're doing right now, but we're almost always starting in the base on the ground floor, or at least in the basement. Mm, and I think it's going to be fun for people like you and me to really flex a little bit because we actually probably couldn't before, you know? Yeah, that's a great point, actually. So it makes what <clears throat> wasn't possible before it was like theoretically possible, but not probable. It can make yeah. a lot of that probable now, which is really exciting because you start to see some a lot mm -hmm. more progress with a seemingly like less effort, less investment on a lighter lift. That's really interesting. I like that perspective. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Um, let's talk yep. more about the uh, YouTube AI experimentation that you've been doing. There's some pretty cool stuff going on there. Sure. Sure. So one of the things that, that YouTube has been doing and HeyGen Technologies is also doing it as well, is uh, they are um, partnering with a company called Eleven Labs. What Eleven Labs does, I think you've probably seen these funny videos on funny and scary videos online where it will literally take a sound clip of you talking for 30 seconds or 60 seconds. And then they will basically be able to take your voice and basically make any transcription sound exactly like you, the way you oh, talk, wild. your ums, your speech, all that stuff. Right. Well, 
now what you're able to do, YouTube will be able to do this by the end of the year. And Hey, John's already doing it now. And what you're able to do is you're able to literally upload a video and then you can transcribe it into multiple languages. But what's interesting is, is that when you speak in multiple languages, people that speak in French or Mandarin, they don't make the same facial expressions or the same gestures that an American does. And so what the AI does is it changes my eyes, it changes my mouth, and it changes my gestures to match the culture of the voice that people are hearing. And so what I'm going to do now is show you a video of the experiment that I ran. Very cool. I'll send that to you in post-production so you don't have to sit through it. So you remember it, right? It did it. Yeah, I did. It's awesome. I'll have it spliced in here. Let me take a note of the timestamp. Cool. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I'll just pick it back up and then. Yep. So you'll um, you'll have seen it. You'll have seen it and then you'll be kind of like, wow, something like that. Okay. So. Yep. I'll, uh, I'll do reaction and then I'll, I'll probably just go right into, um, more information about your business, who should reach out to you, that kind of stuff. Um, anything else you yeah. want to cover before we wrap up? Well, I, th- I think that maybe you and I should talk a little bit about international business. The, video. the impact of that. that international business. business. Yeah. Uh, that's a good one. All right, cool. Let's talk about that first. Reaction, okay. international business, and then we'll do wrap up stuff. Oh, yep. Awesome. Damn, that is wild. Uh, you said that to me before. And uh, mm-hmm. seeing it again, it's equally as impressive. <laughs> the yeah. facial expressions, the mannerisms. So I don't know if we talked about this, but I've experimented or playing around with learning languages myself. And uh, every every day I put more effort into that, it starts to feel more and more like it's going to be obsolete <laughs> sooner rather than later. But I have yeah. noticed that like the accents, the mannerisms, all that kind of stuff is different. And it's amazing how well that video looks now. That's pretty wild to me. Did that surprise yeah. you when you first saw it or what was your reaction to it? Well, you know, I think that in our industry, I think you were probably using, I think the technology was called like Descript or whatever that was. It's like a, it's one of those, those platforming engines that you could delete the ums out and it would, you know what I mean? It would auto dub yep, exactly. and stuff like that. So you could see the yep. stepping stones, but to go into other languages like that is just, it's, it's going to be a marvel. And I, I think it's going to make the world a very, a lot smaller in a good way. Um, I, I just, just international business. I was. I was looking at a piece of technology, a, a, a thought leader in the space, and that was talking about how Zoom will probably just be in like a two-second delay. So I could be speaking to someone in, in China, and yeah. I would talk to him in English. He would hear it in Mandarin. He would reply in Mandarin, and I would hear it in English, and then wow. so on and so forth. So just the conversation is just five, you know, 1% slower, yep. but all of a sudden, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. Just think about that, right? possibilities are just like ridiculous because so yep. many there's so many people or businesses or whatever that can more than likely like need each other's mm. help or services but at the moment oh if there's gosh. a communication barrier just like probably largely impractical borderline not possible uh this could change yeah. all of that or you this you exclusively sell in the united states not because you didn't want to but because you're like how do i handle customer service Right. Like, well, <laughs> now I can hit can. pretty much I, the whole world's my oyster. So my my com, my total addressable market just 100x. There's like increased dramatically. I yeah. definitely think about it from the perspective of like the podcast that we run, like this episode here. Yep. This could be, yep. you know, others that yep. speaking and can understand English uh, across yep. the world can listen, could listen to the mm-hmm. previous ones or could listen up to this point. But now everyone can understand mm-hmm. it in 
whatever it is, yeah. whatever first language they speak or whatever language they're mm -hmm. fluent in, which yep. I mean, that the, the access is just like, it's crazy. It changes everything. Spotify is already leading the charge on that. They're saying that yeah. your, your podcast will be in multiple languages. I probably think even maybe by the beginning of Q1. It's wild, man. That's the yeah. other element about how this, uh, in terms of uh, technologically, what's happening with all these AI tools and products is the speed at which it's developing. Like, I feel like it came out of the gate strong, but it's almost been yep. increasing exponentially from there, which has been uh, mm -hmm. fascinating yeah. as people are coming up with all these different types of use cases and like applications yep. of the technology. I, I think we're in generation two right now. In other words, it was foundational for about a year. We learned what it is. People adopted to their software. And what you're noticing now is really, really soft betas that barely even work, but they get out there first. Like Bard yep. is barely good. <laughs> Duet yep. is not even what they promised. Copilot, um, you know, Live 365 isn't what they promised. But <laughs> the need for speed is so critical that it's like, hey, yep. we'll slap beta on it and we'll still get the credit for being innovative, knowing that everyone knows it's early days. And so- Hopefully. This bizarre thing of like, it doesn't have to be perfect to launch anymore. It has to be innovative so and go and we'll improve it over time. That's what's really interesting. Good stuff. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you, Chris, for uh, being here, sharing yeah. all these updates, man. We, I'm gathering the fact that we need to do these more regularly because of how quickly everything's moving here. So we'll yeah. make that a point next time as well also. But before I let you go or we wrap up, I'd love to hear more about, you know, uh, for those of our listeners, anybody who's tuned into the content. Um, who should be thinking about reaching out to you? How can they get in touch? Uh, provide some of that information too, please, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, you can go to farotech.com. That's F-A-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. I'm assuming it'll be in the show notes. Um, An info at farotech.com. But one of the, th the things that I would kind of leave you with is, is that I offer a free, uh, we call it AI Today, which is the state of AI, where it's at, where it's going, and how you can be prepared. And there's no heavy sales approach at the end. It's not a trick. It's not a gimmick. It's a little bit of just us kind of sharing what we know. And it's a little bit of a, a message of mercy because I'm finding that there's so many businesses that are woefully underprepared for this, this asteroid that's going to be hit, that hit, it's going to hit earth in the form of AI. So yeah. So there you have it. thank you, Chris, for that offer. I appreciate that. And uh, anybody who's listening and wants to know more, I highly encourage it. Chris and I have known each other for quite a while. Um, Super helpful, super valuable, and very knowledgeable, of course, obviously, as well. Awesome. I really appreciate you being here, Chris. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Product Launch. I hope you got value out of it. I like to feature product people on my podcast because that's who I love to help. I'm a product strategist, and I can help you scale your business and grow your profit through a product. If you'd like to learn more about how I can help you, email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's Sean, S-E-A-N, at nextstepnxtstep.io. Or visit my website at nextstep.io. That's nxtstep.io. Hey folks, Sean here, and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.